Hey there, welcome to the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour Podcast. Good good evening or day or however you listen to this. Whenever fans. you're listening to this, yes. I hope it finds you well. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm Chris Pugh, got Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek with me. How are you guys doing? And you guys We're fantastic. Answer- collectively. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to answer for Paul. He's going to answer for right. me. Paul's great. I'm a little sad because I finished my milkshake, so I'm a little bit sad. What? Okay. Nonsense. First off, I didn't know you had a milkshake. I've That's been not sucking fair. on it for like... I didn't know it was a milkshake. It doesn't say milkshake <laughs> on it. It could well, have I... just been a regular soda that you're drinking really late at night for a man <laughs> of your age. And, 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 and if you don't know, we also do this for the Ohio Network. So this is our big podcast night. We're churning out podcasts and Joe and I, yeah, Joe and I have a hard time looking at what drink Paul's drinking. We're like intent. We're 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 like glad trying to podcast here, man. I'm not checking out your beverage. (laughs) Oh my goodness! So I am trying to figure out what that picture on the wall behind you is, but it's small and I can't read any of the stuff on it. There's a kind of a waterfall, huh? Well, what's there's there's something in the knee there? It's just like the fold of the leg, like the okay. There's a okay. fold of the leg, but there's no butt. There is no butt. He needs a he new needs butt. He needs a new butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Uh, just so people know what we're talking about, we uh, check out the Ohio One podcast. Uh, so we got in trouble for reading a book called I Need a New Butt. Right. Right. But hey, people are here to listen to what we're saying about the Steelers. So let, let's get to that. Oh, that's right. And they need um, a new butt. What? <laughs> Well, a new quarterback. Um, now, let me preface this because this is the danger of doing a podcast that's not live. We are taping this at ten fifty-seven on Wednesday. Um, what, what's this year? March twenty twenty-two, March 9th. 9th. Yeah. So, okay, please understand that if you're listening to this on Sunday and you know the sewers made five hundred trades by then, you know it, it may not be up to date. But we're going to let you know what we know as of ten fifty-seven. Um, it's been a kind of eventful week here in the NFL. Um, you know, some of us were thinking, ah, nothing's going to happen. Everyone's going to go back to their current team. Nobody will leave. And it hasn't been that way. We know Aaron Rodgers is with, is going to save the Packers 50 million a year. And yeah, there was a a dream by some people saying Aaron (laughs) Rodgers should come to Pittsburgh. But again, here's the issue. Pittsburgh could have up to seventy million in salary cap, depending on how they cut people. Now they would have to cut a lot to get to seventy million under the cap. If you paid Aaron Rodgers fifty million, that's a lot of your cap gone, <laughs> and the Steelers have other holes. So I mean, that's the danger. Now Aaron Rodgers, I like that. I like that. It's like you're teaching math. Yeah. As well, <laughs> yes, fifty is most of seventy. But can you imagine how nice this is? If you a whiteboard for me, that would help. <laughs> well, remember, we did this about this time last year, and we were like, yeah, the Steelers have $2 million in room, and they have 18 unrestricted free agents. We're going to lose by everybody, you know? <laughs> and it was miraculous the Steelers got to keep what, what was like four or five of the 18. It was crazy. Yeah. So it feels weird, like we're saying stuff wrong, to say, the Steelers have money to spend, but they have money to spend. But the problem is some of the bigger guys cost money. Um, so, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I got him in. Half of me was kind of hoping somehow Pittsburgh could have pulled it off. The fear I had was the money. 
Now, Paul, you raise an interesting question. We were going back and forth on a Facebook chat. It's funny. Matt Stafford went from Detroit to L.A. Now, Matt Stafford did not win the Super Bowl for the Rams, but I claim Matt Stafford, the Rams would not have won the Super Bowl if they had Jared Goff as quarterback. So you got a veteran quarterback. They paid a steep price for him. But the Rams are now the Super Bowl champs because of that. Mm -hmm. I'll start with Paul. Is it? Did you have any feeling that, yeah, if the Steelers would have had to trade for Aaron Rodgers, they would have traded three first-round draft picks and probably would have killed them down the road? But I was kind of thinking, would it be worth it to have two years of a possible Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, even if it screwed us? The sewers up for a couple years after that. I, I kind of sense you were saying that in a Facebook chat we had, and I was kind of struggling with that. I, I think it was good that Aaron Rodgers didn't come to Pittsburgh, but I was kind of struggling with that. Maybe we should mortgage the future if we can get one or two years of that Super Bowl contention. I don't know. I mean, that we're making that assumption that if we simply plug in Rodgers, that we are getting the Super Bowl, which is a big assumption. And it's a big gamble that even if it pays off one of the years, yeah, you get that other Super Bowl. I mean, and the example I gave was the Cleveland Cavaliers. They literally mortgaged the future to surround LeBron with the talent to win their championship, and they got it. But it's taken them how many years until this year they're actually competitive again? So, I mean... I'm not really in the mood to go into a 10 year black hole of Steelers football. Um, I'd rather have a couple mediocre years and then get back to contention than go all in on Aaron Rodgers, hoping the best for two years and then enter Mark Malone 2.0. Right. And Joe, let me ask you a similar question because the other huge news, and it was the third news that happened today, but the big news was there was a trade. Um, mm-hmm. Seattle traded Russell Wilson in the one draft pick to the Denver Broncos for, what was it? First and second round picks this year, first and second round picks next year. Drew Locke, which is a serviceable quarterback, I think is the best way of describing him. Uh, Noah Fant, who's an up-and-coming tight end, and um, Shelby Harris, which as, from what I hear is up-and-coming defensive tackle. So if you kind of said, hey, what would that matter if the Steelers would pull up in some more trade? You would have traded first and second round picks for the next two years, probably a Pat Fire move, you know, comparing you know him to Noah Fant, um, probably a uh, maybe I, I think Cam Hayward's a lot better than Shelby Harris, but maybe like one of their young, maybe a Chris Wormley or I, I don't know what the comparison would be, and then maybe a Mason Rudolph. And, you know, it, it just seemed like a lot to trade for him. Now, Denver, maybe that's the piece. Denver needs to be a contender next year. But, you know, as much as I would like to have Russell Wilson, I think it's the same question we just posed with Paul. Is that how you felt about Russell Wilson? Or do you think there's any way Pittsburgh should have said, screw it, let's go for it? I didn't care for the idea of the Steelers paying anywhere near that amount of money for either one of those guys. Um, And that's, you know, that's just me. Uh, I accept that 
you know, not everybody feels the same way. I, you know, we're having this conversation about not mortgaging the future that where we're just going to be in a big black hole right after these guys are done. Uh, obviously Rogers is closer to being done than, than, than Russell Wilson is, you know, barring some sort of unfortunate incident. But when I think about the position that Denver is in, and the gamble that they've taken by investing so much, I can't argue against doing it. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the same the same market. You know, they're they're not in the same situation. the a, The AFC North is uh, AFC West is a straight up arms race. They are in the middle of just some really awful head-to-head competition with the rest of that division. That division right now is massively strong. The only way that they're going to get anywhere in their division out of the basement, really, is going to have to be taking a gamble like this. I don't know if it's going to pay off for them, but this is the gamble that they had to take. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not in the same type of situation where they had to take a gamble like this. They made the playoffs last year with a guy who was 157 years old and out there in a walker. Like they literally made the playoffs. And it was a last crazy day of insanity and it was a fluke and whatever. Yeah, sure. But they played in a playoff game and there were two teams in the AFC North that did not. So, so that's a real, that's a reality check. So you need an upgrade. You have to make a change of quarterback, no matter what, because Roethlisberger retired, but that doesn't mean that we're in the position where we have to gamble away everything on getting what we consider to be as of the past couple of years, top tier quarterbacks, especially considering, and I like Russell Wilson a lot, but he helmed one of the worst teams in the NFC last year. They didn't make they they were they were awful, and so I, that's not a gamble I want to take. I I could see I could get closer to a gamble on on Aaron Rodgers because yeah, it's not a lock at Super Bowl, but it's almost a lock that we're playing in a second and possibly third game in the in the playoffs. See, and, then you're, and then you're and then you're in the and then you're in the conversation. Huh? I'd be more prone to gamble on Wilson because you think so. so you, if you're talking about getting it right now, and we're making the gamble, and we're putting away that much of the future, I think it's much more of a lock to do that with Rogers. Well, and Wilson that's was, yeah. Wilson was hurt for a decent part sure last year. So were a so lot of they, people. Right, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> I guess he's still hurt right now, even though somebody just paid a heck of a lot of money for him. Right, but let's be fair. The Seahawks have bad record because they had Geno Smith playing other than Russell Wilson. And I hate to say this because the Steelers hopefully win everything. But, you know, one of those games came against the Steelers where Geno Smith led Seahawks almost beat the Steelers. And you almost sit there and think, man, what happened if Russell Wilson played instead of Geno well, Smith? Is that most, win, you know? most of the Steelers wins last year, somebody almost beat them. Right. Right, but the difference between somebody almost beating you and not beating you is huge. Okay. <laughs> well, before we get to the break, since we started talking about these other um, stories, let's quickly just talk about the other news of the week. Um, Carson Wentz, um, you know, he's had some decent years, 
there's mm. been a lot of questions. Years? You put an S on the end of that? Well, I mean, this was year two with Philly. <laughs> he was all right. He was playing reasonably well for Indianapolis. Two is I'll, plural. I'll tell you <laughs> what, and from what I heard, and just from reading some tweets and everything, it seemed like the owner was upset because, you know, the Colts, they could knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. All they had to do was go down and beat Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And upsets happened. And they didn't. Yeah, well, and upsets happened to the NFL. You know, <coughs> every team was bound to lose. But Indianapolis got killed in that game. It wasn't just that they lost a close game. And from what I heard from some Colts beat writers I follow on Twitter, they were like the ownership wasn't happy. I mean, Frank Wright got along with Carson Wentz. Sounds like Frank Wright had much of a problem, but the ownership's like, "Oh no, we got we got to make a change. This is ridiculous. You know, we can't lose games like that." Because we were talking, the Colts were kind of a dangerous team. They had Jonathan Taylor that was playing well. Um, you know, they had some receivers starting to develop. Our guy Ashton Doolin from Malone was playing well. I, I mean, you know, there was some talk that that Colts team could made some damage in the playoffs. They couldn't beat Jacksonville, so they didn't make it. I, I will say, I think it was kind of a silly trade by the commanders to make. It sounds weird to call the Washington football team the commanders, but you'll, you'll uh, get there. Yeah, here we are. You, but, you you just treated saying Washington Washington football team like that was a normal thing, right? Right, <laughs> right. Well, that's just nonsense. Like Washington gave up th- two third round picks. Which, granted, it wasn't quite the haul that Russell Wilson got or Aaron Rodgers would have gotten if he was traded. Right. But they also agreed to pick up a $28 million salary for Carson Wentz. And, you know, the other quarterback that has Taylor Heineke, which I would never say is a Super Bowl quarterback, but I'm not that convinced Carson Wentz is that much better than Taylor Heineke. Because you could trot Taylor Heineke out and get about the same production on a rookie contract than you would when you have to pretty much trot Carson Wentz out every game because you're paying him $28 million. I mean, you better hope Carson Wentz leads you to a 12-13 win season from a justified $28 million contract. And chances are that's not going to happen. So, Well, it is still the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it don't take, it doesn't thought. take 12 wins to get the NFC no. East. Right, but I guess what I'm saying, and, and you know, our second part of the show, we're going to talk about where we think the Steelers should go from here. Right. I have a fear of if you're paying $28 million to the quarterback, he better be good. We better not hope he's okay. We better say, darn it, this guy's going to be at least good. Maybe he won't win the Super Bowl, but we, we don't have to worry if he's going to stink or not. Um, the other news, okay, there's a dream out there saying, Deshaun Watson. I mean, look, he's a lot younger than Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. He's a nice player and everything. Um, he's got those sex uh, assault allegations, and you know that's serious. He didn't play last year because of his allegations. I saw a weird report on NFL Network saying, "Hey, he's got a, tr- a hearing in court on Friday. If things go well, maybe everything will be cleared, and the Texans could trade him." and the Steelers have a connection with Brian Flores. You know, Brian Flores is a connection to Sean. So we're, we're adding two and two together and making 38 and saying, hey, it's going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. Um, Gary Dulock, um, as of Wednesday, again, we're taping this on Wednesday. So if Deshaun Watson does get traded to the Steelers on Friday, we're going based on what we know on Wednesday. But, you know, Dulock said, hey, the Steelers are not interested. He put that in bold letters. And plus the fact, Deshaun Watson is going to plead 
take the fifth on every question. So I can't believe if he does that on Friday's hearing that the NFL is going to be like, yep, everything's clear. You're good to go. You know, you're reinstated. No, it's not going to happen. I have to say this, and and future me can can look back and argue with me and justify all he would like. I have to say that for as long as there have been outstanding allegations against uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger for the issues earlier in his career that were extremely serious and and uncomfortable, I, I have devoted far too much of my life trying to justify the youthful stupidity of a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm done with doing that. And I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying about this. I just, I don't want to play that game anymore. Like we've gone through that. Deshaun Watson best to you, young man. I hope you're, uh, you know, you're, you're adjusting your ways and figuring out a way to operate in the world that is uh, less despicable. Um, and if, if these allegations are all false, then, you know, I'll, I'll issue my apology at that point, but I don't, I don't, I I would, I I would hope that the Pittsburgh Steelers would stay as far away from all of that as possible. And we talked to Cincinnati Inquirer Bengals beat reporter, Charlie Goldsmith, a couple weeks ago. And Charlie said, Hey, Steelers swing big, swing hard. And we're like, how about Deshaun Watson? He's like, uh, uh, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, really. So that tells you. That if you're a NFL beat writer and you're saying Steelers should swing really big, and they're not, and he's dismissing Deshaun Watson, uh, that no. that's that's swinging crazy. Paul, before we break, any thoughts on Carson Wentz or uh, Deshaun Watson? Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, best of luck to him. Um, I I never had interest in him coming here. Deshaun Watson, at this point, I agree with Joe. I, I, He's a fantastic athlete and quarterback. I think he's still got a lot of career ahead of him. Um, I don't know that I want that chaos again. Um, you know, if if everything is dismissed, he did nothing wrong. You know, that, he has a great talent, but I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a break here on the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. When we come back, and we got ten minutes left, so we got we got to hurry for this. Um, we're going to each give our top three guys that we think the Steelers should go after, based on everything we know, because there's guys already off the board and guys that probably don't make as much sense for Steelers to get. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, thanks for checking us out. Um, also, check out what we do on the Ohioan Network, um, where tonight we talked to Eric Thompson, who sent a baseball card away, and he got back 25 years ago. Crazy story. We'll talk to him tonight. And we're back here on the Pittsburgh Sealer Power Half Hour on Behind the Seal Curtain in the Ohioan. I'm Chris. I got Joe and Paul with me. Uh, talking some Steelers news of the day. We started off by talking about some of the quarterback news of the week uh, with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, um, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Watson, how this affects the Steelers. And, again, we are taping this Wednesday night because the NFL world moves quick. Who knows what's going to happen by the time you maybe listen to this, but here's what we know as of Wednesday night. What we're going to do now is um, we're just going to – Give three guys that we think we want the Steelers to go after, 
and this is totally based on all the guys who are off the list. Um, I will give you my list really quick first. I'm doing this based on the assumption that Kenny Pickett and um, Malik Willis may be both off the board by the time the Steelers get to their 20th pick. It's always possible the Steelers could trade up. They got the right to do that. But they only have six picks in this year's draft. And they have other needs. So I don't know if the Steelers are going to trade up up or give up a lot for that. So here's what I'm thinking. Number three, Desmond Ritter. I'm not a huge Desmond Ritter guy, but the guy's kind of mobile. The guy has a decent arm. And I think you can get Desmond Ritter in the second round. I think that um, he's a quarterback for uh, University of Cincinnati. He had a good year. Um, I'm thinking now the Steelers might even have to trade down. Because if you trade down, you can get you can get two picks. Uh, maybe you get two second-round picks or a second-round or a third-round early. You can use that to get an offensive line and a quarterback. And I think between Desmond Ritter or maybe a Sam Howell, I know the Steelers have spent a lot of time talking to him. He's a North Carolina guy. Or there's another guy, I guess if I had to pick a fourth, uh, Matt Crowell, I believe. Is he a Mississippi guy? Yeah, Joe? Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. That might be realistic. Is that my perfect choice? No. But based on what we know about the Steelers, that's out of that number three. So I, I guess maybe a Desmond Ritter, Matt Crowd tie if we had to do that. Number two, I'm looking at Paul, and Paul's going to give me the stink eye. I don't like him personally. Me? But I think – yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't like Paul personally. No, I mean, I don't like this guy I'm going to mention personally. But I, I think the Steelers need to go after a guy that has got a little bit more upside. He has downside, but he could have a little bit more upside than some of these other guys. Mitch Trubisky, I'm not crazy about him. I heard a report that scared the heck out of me, saying it might take $20 million a year to get him. I wouldn't touch him for $20 million. But if we could get Mitch Trubisky maybe for $6, $7, or $8 million, give him like a two-year bridge contract. Let's make him a bridge. Let's see if we can develop somebody under him. He's not a perfect choice. I'm not happy about him, but I'm thinking what might be realistic out there that could help. So Trubisky is my number two. Actually, and I never thought I would say this, here's my number one that I think is attainable. I think he's got some upside, and I think he might be a decent fit with the Steelers. Jameis Winston. Now, Jameis had all kinds of issues. He had some legal problems. Hey, our last quarterback, Big Ben, had some legal issues uh, early in his career. Um, you know, Winston had a weird 30-30 where he had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But he was actually having a decent year with the Saints. He only had a couple picks. He got hurt for the year. Um, I'm not saying James Winston's the answer. I'm not saying he's better than anybody else out there. But I'm thinking with the reality of the what the Steelers are facing, what's realistically available for the Steelers. Um, he's a free agent. You don't have to trade anything for him. I think he's a guy that could have some upside. If they look at him on a one- or two-year basis. So that's what I got. Uh, any quick thoughts on that? Because I want to make sure you guys get to your list too. No. No, I think I'll go next because I think your, your list isn't that far off from mine. So okay. then Paul can 
shout at all the rest of us. Uh, right. Whatever. Uh, um, <clears throat> I have two of the names that you mentioned are on my list, and I actually have them in the reverse order. Uh, I, I think I, I think number one would be Trubisky. Um, I think the only the only the only negative in the possibility of him coming to Pittsburgh is I think it's more likely for him to end up on the Giants. Um, I, I think that's probably going to happen. Um, but I think of the people who are available, he's somebody who's ready for a redemption run uh, after the difficult time in Chicago, which was not all his fault. But he's done well uh, in, his, in, in, in the changes that he made in learning a new scheme in, in uh, Buffalo. And I think that he'd be ready for a, a new start somewhere else. So that's just my two cents. But I think he's going to end up with the Giants. Winst, James Winston, I think, would be an, uh, would be my number two, um, because uh, again, he's somebody who's come through a lot of lumps, but is also uh, on a good trajectory now. With after his time with the the Saints, the reason I have him as number two and not number one is that he's coming off of the injury, and who knows what happens when he comes off the injury. So that's kind of that's thing there, and I've heard. You know, the possibility of him staying with the Saints is pretty strong. And I've actually heard some conversation about the possibility of him going back to Tampa Bay now that Tom's gone, um, which is super weird, but could actually happen. Um, so I think that there's a reasonable belief that he could end up uh, somewhere other than Pittsburgh. The third person on my list, uh, and I'm not counting any um, draft people, although there's plenty of people in the draft I think that would be good. The third person on my list is Marcus Mariota. Um, again, somebody with the experience and knows what it means to, to lead a team. Uh, and I, I, I know that he's a little bit fragile, but um, coming in with that experience I think is a positive thing. I wish we could end up with a Willis or a, a Pickett um, <clears throat> in that first round, but it's a, it's, it's a difficult thing to end up with that. I just don't know if a Howell or a, a Matt Corral are really going to be are really going to end up being worth our time. Are they are they going to be people who are going to wind up stronger than what we already have? And I just I'm not sure. I think we may need to use picks uh, at other holes in the team. That's just those are my two cents. Paul, yell at all of us. We're nonsense. <laughs> well. I'm conflicted because, Chris, you phrased this two different ways. Mm -hmm. You phrased it in what will the Steelers do and what do we want them to do? Uh, those are two completely different lists. <laughs> so I am going to kind of bleed them together. Um, I, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that Kenny Pickett will not be available by 20, and I don't think they're going to draft up. In fact, I don't think – the Steelers are seriously looking at drafting a quarterback in the first round. Um, I think that's that slot's probably going to go somewhere else. So with that, I think number th option number three is going to be some late round draft pick who's going to be sitting for a season or two. Number two is Jameis Winston. And that's the guy that I'd prefer to see. Um, I, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't rush out and get a Jersey, but I think he's probably going to be the one that's going to give the most optimism for a successful season. Um, but my number one is the realistic option. And I think it's the one that none of us 
are willing to concede, but I think the Steelers have already put all the chips on the table that our starting quarterback, at least for the foreseeable future, is Brett Mason Rudolph III, whether we like it or not. Yikes. Let me mention one thing, and this might get me in trouble with our friends here at BeyondTheSilkCurtain.com. Um, our, our leader, Jeff Hartman, is a big Marcus Mariota guy. I mean, you look at Swedes, the chips are in the Marcus Mariota. Here's no problem with Marcus Mariota. He has not thrown a pass too much recently. I don't know if you saw how he was used last year with the Raiders. He played 10 games. Now, he was kind of like the short yardage guy. It, it was neat how the Raiders set it up. Like, you know, Derek Carr wasn't as mobile you bring Marcus Mariota in. He was running like some options and other stuff like that. But he was like one for four last year throwing. Now, again, four passes. Who knows? If he throws 500, he's Pat Mahomes. I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I can't go all in on a guy that threw four passes last year. Because my question is, if he's such a great passer, when the Raiders would have thrown, had him throw the ball a little bit more? And they didn't. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Tim Tebow in the way he throws passes, but I, I don't know if I'm buying that totally. And again, I don't want to start a fight with Jeff Hartman, but I'm just I'm not sure about Marcus Mariota. I'm hearing a lot of people say, "Yeah, Mariota, number one." I mean, they're not even thinking about Winston or Trubisky or anything. He's going to come cheap, and sometimes there's a reason why he's going to come cheap. So. Yeah. I guess that's my thought. So fighting words. There you go. But something like that, an option would be to to bring him in and draft a second or third round quarterback. You know, it doesn't have right. to be one or the other. If you're going to bank on uh, on somebody like Mariota, where you're going to get a discount as opposed to ponying up the cash for a Trubisky or a Winston. Um okay then you, you get that guy and draft somebody looking, assuming that you're probably going to need him within a couple of years. Well, I'm going to get everything I said on my, my part. I, I guess the issue to have with that is, okay, say you sign Mariota, which is possible. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it's who assigned him. So say you do that. Um, say Ritter, I'm not Ritter, but um, Pickett or Willis isn't available at 20. So if you get a Desmond Ritter, if you get a Sam Howell, or you get a Matt Crow, are we really that better if we go in the offseason with Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, um, Marcus Mariota, and Desmond Ritter? You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's potential there. You know, maybe Mariota would surprise me. But I'm thinking we have four guys the caliber of Mason Rudolph. Around. I, I don't know. That's my I don't fear. I don't it's disagree with that. And I think if yeah. we have the four guys the caliber of Mason Rudolph, Mason's <laughs> gonna be the guy. Right, right. I, I think we need to own up to the fact that regardless of who is in that training camp, your week one starter is Brett Mason Rudolph the <laughs> third. They've said they want to have four quarterbacks in, in camp, right? The starter will be Brett Mason Rudolph. <laughs> but, but if you think about it, I think Josh Dobbs is technically a free agent, but Josh Dobbs is probably coming back. So you've got three. I mean, you got Rudolph, but Haskins, and I think Paul has astutely made a point of, of pointing out <laughs> right. that if even if you brought Dobbs back, your starter oh, on day yeah. one is yeah. going to be Brett Mason if Rudolph. If you bring Mariota in here, your day one starter is – 
Brett Mason Rudolph the third. <laughs> here's the scary thing. <coughs> this is a quarterback driven league. Okay. Russell Wilson went to the AFC. You know, you guys have said it. There's four great quarterbacks in the AFC West. I mean, there's quarterbacks all over the place. I mean, sorry, as much as we dislike ba- Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's better than Mason Rudolph right now. So, I mean, I'm, you're going. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll concede your point for the point, the purposes of this argument. So go ahead and finish your thought. But I don't well, know about that. Well, I guess my thought here is you got to win games, Mason Rudolph. It proves us wrong. Take the starting gig that Paul's giving you. Um, <laughs> do your Oklahoma State impersonation where you, you know, you're awesome and prove us all wrong. But I, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not the gloom and doom person to 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 talk about like what's going to happen if Mason is the day one starter. I don't necessarily think that's the worst possible thing. I don't I don't immediately go, "Oh, we're definitely headed to the Super Bowl then if Mason Rudolph is our quarterback week 1." But I don't necessarily think it's going to be a disaster either. That's that's me. He's been put in some really bad situations with a lot of people who were out and still managed to put together something. So I I don't know. I'd like to see him get the chance to be something, somebody other than the guy that got hit in the head with his own helmet. <laughs> I would like that for him. I don't think it's disastrous. I just think the AFC is so quarterback heavy right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, this isn't necessarily saying Mitchell Rudolph sucks. It's just more of a question of, I mean, right now, I mean, it's heavy. I mean, right now, I want the Steelers to go to the NFC North because, I, I mean, look at all these quarterbacks. I mean, it's just amazing how, how many guys are there. And still do okay with Kirk Cousins up there. Yeah. Well, it might be hard to get past the Packers now since Aaron Rodgers back there, but yeah. I don't know. Again, I know this is going to sound... $50 million man, sure. This is going to sound incredibly mean, and I know Mason, if he hears this, is going to be happy with me. But, you know, Mason... Please prove us wrong. I mean, I would be more than happy to sit here a couple months from now and go, holy crap, Mason Rudolph is Pat Mahomes, and this is great. But That's I, I Mr. Brett Mason Rudolph III to you. you yes, yes. <laughs> Apparently, Paul four or five did, seasons down the road when we're talking about him going into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> uh, Paul's going to be eating his words. Remember, remember that time, Paul, when you almost cried when you said that Brett Mason Rudolph III was going to be our quarterback? Remember that time? <laughs> I don't think he's crying. I think it's a sense of pride. I think, you know, apparently Mason Rudolph got to Paul Yancheck. Paul is on the Mason Rudolph no, payroll. This is the he day said, I've been dreading for year for several Paul seasons is, now. That Paul is saying this looking forward to this era. That not not only has Ben retired, but we've killed all of this time, and we still the next guy up is right. Brett Mason Rudolph the third. <laughs> Paul's going to have a Mason Rudolph jersey on. He's, uh, yeah, he's go- I'm going to buy him one that specifically says Brett Mason Rudolph the <laughs> third. Right. He's saying this with dread. I'm saying this with bookmarks now. Yeah. Like, he's going to be all in. It's, it's going to be very frightening by August. He's going to get a tattoo on his face <laughs> it's that will make him look more like Brett Mason Rudolph the third. Or will I just get 
Brett Mason Rudolph. <laughs> right the across the forehead <laughs> yeah, there. That sounds weird. <laughs> and I think Brett Mason Rudolph, and then underneath your eye, like a tear, it'll be the three lines. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the mark of the beast. Brett Mason Rudolph <laughs> tattooed to your forehead. Sorry, Mason. I'm not being mean. Just prove me wrong, Mason. I, I would yeah. love to be proven wrong. I'm not yeah. being mean. It would be weird if anybody got a tattoo of anybody else's name on their forehead. <laughs> well, maybe I'm a true Steelers podcaster because I'm trying to be blocked by certain Steelers, and I got a feeling that Mason's, just makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I got a feeling Mason's hand might be over the block button as it is. It's all because you won't you won't leave the Marcus Allen situation alone. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, the Marcus Allen thing again. Block. All right. Well, hey, I'm seeing the time, so we better uh, conclude this on um, the Pittsburgh Silver Power Half Hour. Hey, thanks again to the Behind the Silver Curtain community for uh, letting us um, talk our silliness each week on this uh, program. Check out their programs. Um, check out um, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield's articles and all the podcasts here on the network. My goodness, there's a ton to talk about in Sears community and uh, they do a great job of doing that. So check them all out. And I say that also to check out the Ohioan podcast. You're like, man, where the heck did Paul, Joe, and Chris come from? Well, we came from the Ohioan podcast. We still do our thing here on the Ohioan podcast where we have all kinds of, um, you know, fun pop culture content. Uh, we talk about Ohio. Uh, we definitely talk about the Steelers. We have some bonus Steelers content on there uh, that you won't be able to catch anywhere else. And, and, you know, if, if you like our quirky sense of humor, and why wouldn't you? Um, you know, we, we have a couple other shows. We just talk about fun things. Um, we had an interview tonight with um, a guy from Warren, Ohio. He sent a baseball card to Indian 25 years ago to get autographed. He just got it back a few weeks back. Um, and check out his story, Eric Thompson. Um, so it should be fun. So for Paul and Joe, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Behind the Seal Curtains, Pittsburgh Sealer Power Half Hour. Say that five times fast. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.